Yeah, you're very good at like pretending to laugh. You're like, I'll see if you're really enjoying it. Hey, did you guys like that Kelly, Kelly Gang trailer? Uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, we should definitely do that, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we have a now that we have the B-roll. <laughs> now we're feeling loose. We've got a cold open. We're ready to go. Listen, sister, I don't dance. I can't take time out now to learn. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Bye. We're more like treasure protectors. Three scruffy look. They're gonna hate us at the beginning, but we'll get them in the air. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Welcome back to another episode of Loose Concept, the loosest conceptual movie podcast on the internet. My name is Elijah Smith. Thank you for joining us today for the first installment of our new limited edition series, The Magnificent May of Marvel Movies. That's right. For the next four weeks, we're hitting four four different Marvel or Marvel-adjacent movies and breaking them down. Um, We know that... uh, we are in close proximity to Star Wars Day, May the 4th, but here at Loose Concept, we like to keep it loose. We like to not stick with the trend. So we're contrarians. We like to live live on the edge and keep it loose. So joining me today for the first episode of this special series, we have, you heard his voice already, the one and only, the magnificent Sean Mackey. Sean, what is up? What's up, dude? Stoked for this month. These listeners, it's exciting. They, yeah, dude. With the <laughs> Disney Plus, like you have access to twenty five Marvel movies. It's, we, we can mm. keep this going all year, <laughs> but we won't. We'll we'll save we'll save some. Yikes! That's right. We're gonna do four movies. We're gonna keep it four. Don't worry, people. Just four Marvel movies before we're back to your regularly regularly scheduled program. If you hate this idea and you think it's terrible then you, the person to, to reach out to and to complain to is our other host, who I'm about to introduce, the one and only Rudy Rudolph. This whole thing was his idea. Rudy, explain your rationale for not doing Star Wars movies in May. Ooh, Star like Wars, most people would do. Yeah, Star Wars uh, stinks. Ooh. <laughs> oh, you can yes. send your hate mail Very to... Very loose. Uh, you guys can all hop up back on your chairs. No, I thought it would be a good idea to bang out all the Marvel movies in May, so we don't have to talk about them the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a good idea. I like that. We all thought it was a good idea. All of our team here at Loose Concept, me, Sean, the interns, um, the stats guy. Our board. The the ad sales people, (laughs) the board of directors. Yeah, they approved. (laughs) How are we paying all these people? (laughs) Stock. Stock, stock, stock options. Only people that fully endorse Marvel movie May or Maje- majestic. Mar- what did we call this stupid thing? Magical know. Marvel, magnificent Mar, magnificent. magic, magnificent. magnificent, magical Marvel movie May. Mm. Maybe we could call one of the superlatives, but yes, <laughs> the triple M. No, it's, it's all about M. the. It's all about the branding. Branding is the essential portion of this. Yes. What kind of t-shirts can we produce? Exactly. A lot of copyrights to tiptoe around, but... Let's go to movie news. Got it. Got a little bit of exciting exciting news this week, um, for the time being, at least. 
just a few days ago, news. we had the news break that um, from from the reliable source that is StarWars.com. <laughs> I love that. Love how so, so we're having a magnificent Marvel movie May, and we're going to pivot to start talking about Star Wars first thing. But it's the news, man. There it's hasn't just been fan Marvel. Service. Yeah, there hasn't been any Marvel related news recently, but that's right. We're talking the announcement that Taika Waititi is going to be directing a new Star Wars movie for theaters. Dude, you boys, have any takes so on exciting. this? Yeah, yeah, man, love him. He's the best. So love, we have a, love his love his comedic voice. Maybe he'll actually make a good Star Wars movie. Yeah, if, if Kathleen Kennedy doesn't get involved, exactly. Is like, is he going to be actually be allowed to make a Star Wars movie, or is this just the announcement to get everybody hyped? Oh, Taika Waititi is doing a Star Wars movie, and then, you know, yeah. like six months from now, we're going to hear Taika Waititi was removed from his Star Wars <laughs> is no longer doing the Star Wars movie because of creative differences. You know, doesn't he seem like the perfect guy to do a Star Wars movie though? Like he's got the nice blend of seriousness but goofiness and levity. And yeah, he's got a good list of success. Yeah. So I, I think he yeah, I mean, I think so, but at the same same time the Star Wars the current Star Wars regime ruling class do not have a good reputation of uh they want everybody the to stay I'm in their lane. For. Yeah, they don't have a reputation of encouraging creative endeavors. Ooh. So that that's the uh, main cause for nervousness. I mean, we saw it with um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who were supposed to be directing the Han Solo movie, and uh, they got ousted. And then there were some issues with Rogue One, and then obviously um, Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams and all that nonsense with the most recent Star Wars movie. So don't they just don't have very good lesson. Though? I just think, Oh, maybe I just see, it seems like they don't have a great track record of let it, of bringing these people in these buzzy, you know, new voices in and then letting them actually do what a buzzy new they voice would do. do yeah. Instead, they stop them halfway through and they're like, yeah, this is getting a little too crazy. We have to go back this to is too creative. <laughs> yeah, we got to go back to having this be boring. Be a snooze fest. I don't do know. Think, but do you think George Lucas would even have been able to make the movies that he made under the current regime? No. Nah, not nah, dog. You kidding me? The second he would have been The second the he'd can. be like, "Yeah, I have the I have this new Star Wars movie and the whole thing centers around this political feud between these guys that make battle droids." They're like, "No." They'd be like, "Yeah, you're done. Sorry." Party's over. Bring in James Cameron. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like the exact type of person that they. We would. That's still, probably. We would still be waiting for the. Yeah, movie. I wonder if you can bet on the uh, the timeline for when James Cameron comes in to take <laughs> over this Star Wars movie. I bet. I bet it's a Vegas uh, bet. Yeah. Twenty twenty five. It's coming out. I don't know. It'd be pretty pretty awesome if it if it he. If they do let him follow through and create the whole movie, I mean, that'd be great. His episodes, he directed an episode of The Mandalorian. That was awesome. And then, obviously, we've all seen uh, and enjoyed Thor Ragnarok, which he yeah. was heavily involved in. Uh, talking about Taika Waititi now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other. I thought you were talking about James Cameron. I don't hate James, I don't hate James Cameron either. I don't really have anything against James Cameron. Avatar was fine, I guess. I'm but, just uh, excited to see the uh, planet of New Star Zealander, New, New, New Zealander, 
where he like has a planet of all people that a kiwi just yeah like the kiwi planet kiwi and it's just like a whole new race yeah don't give up the dream brit (laughs) love it (laughs) i think the fact that he's already directed uh a star wars uh vehicle uh, you know, at least was able to do what he wanted to do with uh, the Mandalorian. It's a good testament. Yeah, that they're yeah, kind of so, on board with what he's what he's thinking. Yeah, and I know they brought that new. They've they've they're involving. Um, aren't they involving Kevin Feige or someone from the Marvel end to like start yes. uh, being involved in the Star Wars IP? So. Maybe he'll have a little more leeway, and he won't have Kathleen Kennedy there, just or whatever her name is. Is that Kathleen Kennedy? Is that what it, it is, is Kathleen. Yeah, he won't have um, Kathleen there breathing down his neck, trying to make Kathleen's him some a new Karen. Yeah, Karen Kennedy. Did you know? Quick, quick note about uh, Kevin Feige. He has directed nine of the top twenty-five grossing movies of all time. Nine of the top twenty-five. Dang! It's something like twenty-six billion dollars. Wow! He knows how to make that that uh, sweet sweet dinero. Sure does. Yeah, I think he's I think he's actually getting his own movie too. He's getting a Kevin Kevin Feige's getting his own movie. Yeah. The the Kevin Feige story about himself or about something else? (laughs) No, like he's he's able to to direct a a movie on both. Oh, Star Wars! He's directing a Star Wars. I want a Safdie Brothers Star Wars. The Safety Brothers Star Wars. There we go. Yeah. Be insane. Adam Sandler. But no, what was your question? Forget it. It was a boring question anyway. Now I'm just thinking about a Safety <laughs> a Safety Brothers Star Wars and what that would be like. Dude, it'd be insane. It's it's for adults only though. <laughs> be like it'd be like a guy a guy who's like in deep in the world of underground pod racing or something. <laughs> yeah. Also dealing uh Sebulba. It'd be this, blue the Sebulba origin story. Yeah. Yeah, blue milk dealers. Um there's another piece of movie news here. Sean <clears throat> Sean, you actually brought this one up. If you have it in our, our show notes here, uh we just have yesterday, lost a bunch of money. So Sean, can you tell us a little bit more about this one? <laughs> yeah, apparently um was it Universal? I think that came out with a movie. Rudy actually told me, and I, I kind of forget the figure. I think it was like eighty million or something they lost on yesterday. The the new Beatles yesterday, movie. yeah. An otherwise good movie. I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, it's kind of um, sad to see. A lot of those music biopics did pretty well this last year, so it's surprising that it. Wonder what why they had such a high budget. <laughs> well, I'm gonna put my tinfoil hat on really quick and say, uh, could this be the movie theaters? out to get and to slander the name of Universal Studios because of the whole Trolls debacle. Ooh, the Trolls gate. Ooh, Ooh it's deeper so than you giving think. Them, they're giving them fake numbers for the Yesterday movie? Is that yeah, what you're Yeah, that's implying? what I'm saying, dog. <laughs> they're like, yesterday. Yeah, well, we don't even want your movies anyway. That Yesterday movie only made $12. <laughs> exactly. It was a write-down. It lost money. You heard it? Yeah, you heard it here first. Did you read that on Drudge Report? <laughs> <laughs> That's where I get all my news. I know what you're talking about. I get it from. No, Craigslist. I think uh, the I think the biggest the biggest reason it lost a bunch of money was because the Beatles suck. They're, they have like ooh, three good songs. Ooh. You can't be saying nuclear that. bomb sound. Insert here. Type horn sound. Nuclear They're not take. even. Uh, wow. 
they have they have they have three good songs and everybody just likes to impress everybody else and say that they like the Beatles and just became one big round robin of people echo chamber saying this band is good and they weren't actually good the only good Beatles George Harrison I feel like I've known you like eight or nine years and I still find out new things about you that I didn't know (laughs) like I terrible opinions that you held that we had no idea of just kept them in the dark until we were recording live I, I, I got loads of them loads of them let me know when you want to hear another. Dude, we no should do a, mu- a music podcast instead. My takes would be way spicier. Oh yeah, we should do it. Well, why don't we stick to uh, the podcast we're doing right now? Yeah, get this thing. <laughs> yeah, <going laughs> pivot, pivot away from music. And we're paying so many about, people. Uh, all the going back and to uh, movies, getting back into movies, and we're gonna break down the trailer of the week since there are no uh, decent new trailers this week. We are breaking down a trailer that has been out for. Some time now. We're talking Tenet, Tenet, new Christopher Nolan directed potential masterpiece. I don't know. I think so. How are you guys feeling about this one, Rudy? You were the one that was beyond hyped for this movie. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for a real estate movie with uh with landlords <laughs> and tenants. <laughs> Dad joke. Nobody's nobody's <laughs> talking joke. about the uh, landlord tenant relationship in the movie. <laughs> Yeah. No, uh, in all seriousness. Tenet. T-E-N-E-T. Shot in 35 millimeter film. You can spell it, f- spell it forwards and backwards. That's called an onomatopoeia. And upside down. You can see it in IMAX theaters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Chris Nolan, he's like the best. He's just, you know, he can't put out a movie that sucks. And this movie looks rad. It looks like, uh, you know, it's going to be one of those movies that's like a super high budget uh sci-fi you know masterpiece masterpiece where it's just everything is crisp and clean and you're just like how did they possibly make that car undestroy itself (laughs) (laughs) and it's gonna be sick it's just like awesome cast i feel like this is gonna be the movie this is you heard this here first this is gonna be the movie because this comes out before the new batman correct yes yes this is going to be the movie that's like the launching pad for Robert Pattinson. Like he's going to mm-hmm. release this movie. Skyrocket. It's going to be awesome. He's going to crush it. And then he's going to ride that momentum right into Batman. And he's going to be like the new, I don't know, the new Brad Pitt or like, he's not that type of actor, but he's going to be like that kind of mega star. This is, the, well, yeah, that's my, that's defining. my main reason for, for being really into this trailer is I think it, and be, the concept of this movie is that it stars, not only Robert Pattinson, but also I think John David Washington and those two guys. If I had to put my money on like two upcoming actors yeah. that are going to be like huge, those are the two rising that stars. Like, yeah, I'm buying stock in both of those guys because I think they're both really good and they both have a lot of like good outlook ahead of them and have only really done pretty good work so far. I mean, have you guys seen the Twilight movies? They're great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have they're not. Awesome. Oscar worthy. Yeah, it's kind of like in the financial yeah. terms. It's they're they're entering their IPO. Oh, let's go. Let's get some financial yeah. talk. Dude, on they're, the they're done with their series funding. They're ready to make it to the big time. Oh yeah, yeah. I agree with Rudy one hundred percent. I do think I think this is going to be like a big, you know, not. It's almost like I guess Robert Pattinson is always already famous to an extent, but I think it's going to be like a little bit of a reintroduction for him, an introduction to John David Washington, and it's going to be like you know these are our leading men of you know 
the 2020s. Do you, and I think, I think it'll boost too because <laughs> the box office has been closed for so long that uh, if this is the first one that's really, it's in the summer, everyone's yeah. going to want to go to the theater. I mean, it's it might be the fastest to make a billion, I feel like. Yeah, it's going to be a tidal wave of people. Or it's going to be <laughs> less people because people are still yeah. Who knows? Yeah, it'll yeah. be undersold. That's true. Could go either way. I think either but it way, it won't it's be in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> no middle ground. Do you think I do really way. well or not well at all? You heard it here first. This could be the end of their careers as well. Who knows? <laughs> That's what we should do on this podcast: is just like, just ride the fence the whole way. Like, <laughs> it's either going to be, be great, really good, could also be awful. Or it's going to be yeah. terrible. <laughs> This movie we're talking about today, it's both good and bad. <laughs> some people like everybody. it, and some people really don't like it. We have no opinions. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have a podcast. But Elijah does not like the Beatles. That's the only thing we take a stand on. This is, a one, this is, a, this is an at least a one-third anti-Beatles podcast. I can't speak for you guys, but... Oh, I love the Beatles. Or the interns. Or the people I'm halfway. On the board. <laughs> oh, there halfway. you go. Rudy's on the fence. The full spe- the full spectrum of of Beatles uh, reactions on the pod. Well, speaking of uh, mixed and uh, tepid responses to movies, we're talking. Let's get into the movie of the week, the feature presentation. Unless, bum, bum. how can I skip over damage control? You guys have anything you want to take back from last week? Ooh. Rudy, you're the only one with a wife, so you are the, really the only one that has to worry about what you say. Yeah, I said something dumb probably, but I can't remember what it was. He's sorry, so. though. He's sorry, I'm Ashley. sorry. Shouts <laughs> to Ashley, Ashley for letting us borrow your husband once a week. I record in my bedroom, so Ashley has to sit out in the living room <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> until like the wee hours of the night. Usually falls asleep on the couch. So, oh, Poor Ashley. She, she's the Thank real you, trooper Ashley. here. We owe you one. So shouts to her. She's going to have a surprise when she listens to this. Anyway, let's get into our feature movie of the week. Who wants to introduce it? I do. It's the first installment of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, starring Robert Downey Jr. For now. We're talking, for now, we're talking (laughs) Iron Man. I said for now as like a little bit hint into the future when we go into Ooh. recast a role. Ooh. That's right. Stay tuned. Is someone taking out is no, someone that's taking gonna be Robert Downey Jr. out of this out of this movie? I don't know. Is it me? I, th- I also don't know. It could yeah. be. It Who could do you think it would be? Probably Elijah. If any of you <laughs> if any of you do that, I'm leaving. I'm done. That's it. That'll be the end. Fair one. All right, Here's well the door. we're gonna start we're gonna give we're gonna uh we're going to start with Rudy, as per usual, breaking down the highlights of the movie, his favorite things about it, favorite thing about it. Um, try and keep it, uh, keep it tactical and limited here. But, Rudy, what... Tactical. You said it, you said it or before we even started recording the pod. You were like, that, this movie is great. What is it that makes this movie great in your eyes? Uh, I'm sorry. This is going to be just a moment. But I want to take everyone back to 2008, okay? <laughs> I am... How old am I? <laughs> I'm 13 years old, okay? For 13? Yeah. Don't tell the people how old you are. The witness protection guys aren't going to be down for that. It's okay. My age is irrelevant. (laughs) I walk into the movie theater, and I sit down, and I watch the first Iron Man, and my whole life has changed from that point on. 
up until that point, you had Batman, you know, the older uh, Batman Begins, and you had a couple superhero movies. You never had, you didn't have what we have today, which is serious superhero movies that are high budget, that just are amazing. So, first of all, just the fact that this is the introduction to the life-changing, you know, movie experience that is all Marvel movies, that's right off the bat, number one. Um, specifically for this movie, the best part, I think, is um, I have two best parts. There's two best scenes, and I can't, I couldn't pick one. I'm sorry. <laughs> Next week, it's probably going to start with Sean because I'm going to lose my slot. Yeah, this but, is the third week in a row where you've been just <laughs> listing a hundred things for best thing. Just two more. I'm on the bench. Put me in, the, coach. <laughs> you got the cave scene, okay? The, the training montage. I love a good training montage. The scene where he's building this, the original suit. Ooh. It's just awesome. Like the timing with the hammer on the mask where it's like... And he's like hitting the, the mask. <laughs> the rock music. And But really, like I think even better than that is the scene where he liberates the village originally. Like where he flies in. And I don't know if you know it. It's like he flies in and he lands. Okay? This is... Tony Stark in the Iron Man suit, perfected Iron Man suit, and all the music stops, and he's in this village where they're about to kill this guy, and he's just like, there's no music, and he just starts beating all the bad guys up and liberating the village, and it was just like the perfect scene. It, I couldn't have, I wouldn't want to change the thing. I was like, everything was quiet, and it was just perfect. That was the best part of the movie. I've said enough. <laughs> so, best part of the movie is just Robert Downey Jr. flaming Arabs. Ooh, that'll be on damage control. <laughs> but okay. I mean, I didn't say it. You're the one that said it. I'm just summarizing your. Uh, I said your evil guys. I didn't say. I never said that. <laughs> Who happened to be Arabs? They were the Ten Rings. The Ten Ring members. <laughs> the militia group. <laughs> militia group. <laughs> yeah, we might might edit that section out. <laughs> Don't get flagged. Sean, what was your favorite thing about the movie? Um, I put down... Or what did you think was the best thing about this movie? Yeah, I try and, you know, keep it to one thing, because I've been put on, uh, on, oh, uh, here we go. In, in the, in the, in the corner before, uh, <laughs> felt like I've been, been punished for including multiple highlights, so I'm just gonna stick it to one. Um, just Tony's character arc, um, from going from the beginning of the movie to the end, I loved the little package of him kind of going through this whole... Um, kind of rediscovery process of who he was and who his dad, who he thinks his dad would have been if he uh, kind of changed from just doing the weapons to uh, pivoting to helping people. So I love that. I thought it was, a, it was a true superhero movie in that sense. And uh, just liked how they put a bow in it at the end. I and like that take. sort Sean, of. You're starting. Oh, but. I was oh, just I'm about to stop, give you I'm the starting stop, role stop, for next stop. week. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can change. Now continue. Continue. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, I liked how it kind of introduced maybe um, Easter eggs into movies. At least the, the mass use of it. I thought that was cool. That's yeah, what I was going to say. The, the little ribbon at the end was the, the Easter eggs. That's two things. No. I, I was, deserve right. to be first. So. It was a continuation Relax. Of, of my take. I think I earned Relax. the starting spot back. My turn I now. I, what I think the best thing about this movie is the sunglasses that the bald guy wears when they're digging the old Iron Man suit out of the, uh, the out of the desert. There, he's standing there on the dunes. And he just has the coolest pair of sunglasses of all time. They're like 
sunglasses on the sides and on the front. And they're like sort of rectangular, but they also have like silver frames. And he just looks like that guy has no right being in the middle of the desert with that much swagger. Swag. <laughs> His glasses. I, I literally much... thought of you when I saw those sunglasses because you have a pair similar <laughs> to them. They're next level. Like, wow. Those are some Elijah's so cool. Those are some extremely advanced <laughs> sunglasses. And he you can't find those on off. Amazon. Yeah. Maybe Etsy. They're great. So that's my favorite. That's what I think was the best part of the movie. It's a great movie, though. Like, I, I want to just, before we move on to worst part, can we all agree that this is like a top tier movie? Like, on the rewatch, I was surprised at how, you know, how many times I was laughing, how many times I was like, you know, handling my emotions. Ooh. It was really. Yeah. We usually save the top twenty for the end, Rudy. Well, I don't, don't want to. I'm not saying top twenty. I'm just heard, excited heard this about podcast the quality. No, I mean that kind of ties into um, what I think was the worst thing about the movie, Ooh. and that is that it created this like formula that now all these movies stick to. I agree that this movie, in and of itself, was a good movie, but I the what I think the worst part about it was is it it because it was it worked and was successful it became like the cookie cutter mold for all these other movies. And now, like, I feel like every single, you know, Marvel origin story movie follows the same exact, like, plot line of like, here's this guy who a lot of people kind of didn't like or who was bad or whatever. And here's his redemption arc. And now he's going through the training montage. And now he has some sort of, he's doing really great. And then he has some sort of moment of self-realization and he fights the bad guy, and now he's this new superhero. And then they do—they just run this same movie back for, like, seven other superheroes in a row. And it's like, okay, it was cool with Iron Man, but now it's just... That's what I think is the worst part, is the, uh, the lingering after effects. Of the formula was reused too many times. I think they, they found this really good recipe in a way, and... I've kind of stuck with it for 20-some movies. I think there's been some artistic um, deviation. Like, I think Taika's Thor Ragnarok was kind of a diversion from the normal superhero movie. But I can, I can, see, I can see where you're yeah. where you're coming from. I thought the worst part was But it wasn't was like the, the origin story. I think all the origin, all the Marvel superhero origin stories have the same exact, you know, six or seven beats. Is that coming from the comics, though? I haven't really read the comics. Is is, is it kind of sticking with I mean, Stan could Lee's be. portrayal? Yeah, it could be just because I haven't haven't seen it, so I don't know the... I mean, I, I'm not a big comics guy, so I don't know. I thought the worst part was the technology just did not age well, the flip phones. And Dude, I love the flip phone. <laughs> but he was FaceTiming on it. That was pretty special. Well, it's just weird because he'll have these really amazing cars and like the technology, like the the um, windows that are basically computer screens. And then it's like he has a flip phone from LG. And it's like, what? <laughs> he's driving like in <laughs> the a Verizon product placement. <laughs> yeah, he's driving all these extremely cool cars. He has the interface in his face mask for the Iron Man suit. And then he has a flip phone. <laughs> it's just fun. Yeah, somehow they managed and they managed to make all that stuff look extremely futuristic and cutting edge, but the, the phone is just they really dropped the ball yeah. on that one. After my high praises, I don't I couldn't really find much to hate about this movie. The Come one on. thing that I thought was 
really corny and annoying. You know that scene where Pepper Potts and have we decided what whether we want to use the actor's name or the character's name? No, we have not. No, we have not. Okay. <laughs> the that problem is Pepper- like if you if you talk about the actor, <laughs> the, if you use the actor's name, then it's <laughs> then it sounds like you're like friends with them, and I'm not friends with any of those people. But at the same time, if you use the character's name, you sound like a mega nerd, and I'm also not that. So mm, the loose concept. I feel like dilemma. it's easy for these yeah. movies, but like an indie movie, no one's gonna really remember the person's name. They remember like Matthew McConaughey or Matt Damon. They don't exactly. remember exactly. Well, good. I think yeah. they don't okay, remember. They don't remember actors, Chris. Maybe. And accounting. Anyway, Gwyneth Paltrow's character. <laughs> Pepper yeah, Potts. Yeah. So, uh, Pe- Pepper Potts is in Tony's office. He's trying. She's trying to steal the information on the uh, the J drive on that the ghost drive. The ghost and, drive. Um, <laughs> which is which is code for just chunky USB. <laughs> yeah, and she uh, she she finds the video and it's like. The guys with Tony in the cave, with Robert Tony Jr. in the cave, and she's like, "Hit Google Translate," and she's translating. It's like, "What is this, Obadiah? Like, we had no idea you had us wanted us to kill Tony Stark, Obadiah Stane." It was like laid out the entire motive and everything right there. It was like really corny. That was funny. They should have uh, to yeah. make it to make it more real, re- realistic. They should have had the Google Translate mess up like one or two words. <laughs> So she's like, we'll just make it like you know. We had demanded a hard-boiled eggs for. I don't know. They should just like spark. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, it was just a little bit, a little bit corny. But other than that, man, the movie's tight. It's just like, you know, it flows well. I kept like thinking, like, well, did I not like this? Did I not like that? I was like, no, it's actually, it's, it's all good. You know, it's like they spent a good amount of time. That's the weird thing. It's like a two-hour movie, but I feel like they zipped right along like with his origins of like the the playboy or whatever it's like there's not much they kind of set that up really quick it is uh, it is wild to think about how they had it like so the the um formula so dialed in on this movie like even though it was really the first one that kicked all the others off and launched it they like had it all like this is what they're gonna be and here's how they're gonna go and here's we already have this larger storyline built in that these are gonna fit into and it's it's very i mean I'm I'm not, and as we know, I'm not the biggest fan of Marvel movies, but I do I do think you got to respect the, uh, the planning and the the like. Thought process behind it of the creation of the whole thing it's very, uh, impressive. Okay, so now we're gonna go in move into our the recast a role segment. As many people like to say, the meat and the potatoes of the pod, the bread and butter, the skeletal system. This is the backbone. Recast a role. Sean, put on your executive producer hat. Tell us who you're you're pulling out of this movie and who are you subbing in for him. Yeah, so I this is this depending on your um love of this character, I am recasting Jeff Bridges <laughs> Obadiah Obadiah Stain. Is that your dad, Sean? No. I think I think it is. Might be. Should I restart? <laughs> no, we'll keep all this in. Okay. No, you can restart. The recast um, for me. Bob, I'm recording a podcast. Jeff Bridges which might be an unpopular choice depending on <gasps> your thoughts on how well he portrayed Obadiah Stane, which is the worst 
evil character <laughs> name I think ever. Um, that is Stain. That's the thing with this movie is like, and really all the Marvel movies is they're kind of tied to using these ca- comic book character names who all have names <laughs> from like the fifties, like yeah, it's so Pepper awful. Potts. Ob- no one would Ob- be named Pepper Potts. Gluteus Just Maximus. rename the character. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's not I don't complicated. Know. I feel like with Jeff Bridges, I, I don't think he he can he can take on that evil character. So I'm swapping him out for Jack Nicholson. Ooh, I'm bringing him back. Is he That'd imposing? Be great. Is he imposing enough though? Oh yeah, man. Yes, definitely. I could see that. I don't know. I just when I think of of Jeff Bridges, I think of like he's usually he usually plays a good character in the movies I watch, like The Giver and. Um, uh, true grit and things like that where he's usually helpful and so it's just weird and also like he's just i don't know he doesn't have that tenacity i feel like to take on tony stark um that i feel like jack would be able to to do in this mm. in this movie he doesn't seem conniving whereas jack i, I feel like, like that brewing take. in the background i like that take because i feel like i really like jeff bridges in this role but i feel like he never really posed that much of a threat, it seemed. Like, it was always, like, you know, Tony was always two steps ahead of him, it seemed, and it was never, like, there was never really any doubt that he was going to conquer him. I, but I like that take for the swap it out for uh, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. It's interesting. I actually had in my notes that I thought Jeff Bridges was a, actually really good at playing a villain, and the fact that he does it, doesn't do it frequently helps the character i think because you're watching the movie and you're not expecting yeah, that's him true. i mean yeah like this time around you know how it ends and you know but like the first time around and you're watching it that was much more of a shock because you're like oh that's jeff bridges you know he's standing there's like oh yeah you know man it's just yeah. he's like <laughs> he's like he's like real nice and friendly and the next Ooh. thing you know he's like Giving you, <laughs> that was my jeff bridges impression that's great he's giving that you 15 good. minutes of paralysis did you uh? Did you guys notice that his like he was an extremely close talker? Seinfeld reference. <laughs> yeah. Every oh, yeah. scene he's talking to somebody, he's like putting his arm over there and he's like hey. breathing his his cigar breath right into their nose. I, that's part of oh, the yeah. thing, though. I think he like he's really good at that, seeming imposing and like he seems big and like just sort of a counterpoint to Tony Stark and like he seems the character himself and the way he played it. I think ties it into like the man the ultimate manifestation of that in the gigantic robot costume that he's in at the end you know they sort of tie together and he looks like he would be driving that costume i can see that we'll have to agree to disagree on that one i don't know not a terrible take though how did tony stark not realize that he was a bad guy like you take one look (laughs) at his house and he's sitting in his like He's got that big fireplace and everything's dark. It's like this is the home of an evil person. Like you cannot <laughs> okay. deny so it. So that scene that scene must have been shot later and added in because I am ninety five percent certain I took a screenshot of it that he is wearing a bald cap in that scene because his head looks bigger <laughs> than in all the other scenes. He just has this like that. massive shaved head. <laughs> And it's like, I think they must have added that in because they needed some sort of scene showing that uh, Jeff Bridges' character had seen uh, Robert Downey Jr. But, like, also, why shave his head? Because I think that's how the comic book character yeah. was. See, we're not comic book readers. We should not be commenting yeah. on this stuff. Yeah. But anyway. We shouldn't even be talking about Marvel movies. 
who even, who's I, I, I knew he was evil this? when he's smoking a cigar behind all of these things that say flammable. That just shows that he's a baller. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like he, he does not care. Bad boys use bad toys. That. Highly flammable. It's interesting there is, I mean, speaking of bad guys, there was a lot of hype early on for the guy who ultimately gets his half of his face burned off. And it, there's, it seemed like they were building him up to be some sort of you know, Evil, villain yeah. that is like counter to uh, Tony Stark throughout all these movies. And then he just kind of disappears halfway through the movie and you never hear from him again. And it's like, okay, I guess that guy wasn't the bad guy. And that to me was like a downside of the movie, I think. I'm switching out the character who plays Rhodey, Terrence Howard. Ooh, I have Ooh, opinions man. on this too. Perfect. I'm putting in another great man of the acting. Don Cheadle? Don Cheadle. <laughs> 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 I'm not putting in Don Cheadle. I, I want Will Smith in that Ooh. role. I want him super suave. Ooh. I want more of him and more jokes. I feel like Don Cheadle, it's weird because like, I hated the whole like switch. And apparently Terrence Howard was asking for more money for of Iron course. Man too. That's why he got the boot. But it's like... Hey, know your worth, Terrence. Isn't that like very racist? It's like, we'll just swap out this guy with someone else. For another it's black like, guy who looks totally different than him. It isn't even similar <laughs> totally in any different. way. When I first saw that, it was like they had to like say his name like, oh, you are Rhodey, correct? It's like, I was like, wait, you're not Terrence Howard. So that like bothered me in the next movie, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. The funny thing though is Don Cheadle probably made like millions and millions of dollars because he's in like what, like four or five movies? Yeah, but yep. Terrence Howard was in Empire, so... Who really won? Yeah. That was, to me, was another one of my downsides of the movie. I think watching this movie and seeing Terrence Howard in it, it made me realize that I think Terrence Howard is better in that role than Don Cheadle. Oh. Don Cheadle seems, like, too eager to just, like, go along and just be in, like, yeah, man, this is all great. Whereas Terrence Howard really, like, nails the, like, reluctant guy, like, whoa, Tony, slow your roll, man. Like, chillax. You gotta, you gotta just take it easy, bro. Stop doing what you're doing. Whereas Don Cheadle, it's like, yeah, I'll hop in the armor with you and shoot a bunch of people. It's going to be great. <laughs> and yeah. I think this this movie yeah. just like reminded me. I was like, I was watching and you completely forget that that whole fiasco happened. But still, I don't think it was a good look. But I love that I love that recast. I mean, if you can get, get Will Smith in that role. I'm always down for putting Will Smith in anything. That would have been good. Could Will Smith play Iron Man? Ooh, I think so. Yeah, sure would have been a very different movie, but I wouldn't have hated it. Um, speaking of recasting Iron Man, I'm going to do it. I know you said not to do it, but I'm doing it. <gasps> it's not really like a no. total recast, because this was actually a person who was rumored to potentially be playing the role. Don't say Tom Cruise. To Don't be say cast Tom Cruise. in it. It's not Tom Cruise. It's another person. It's the one and the only. Don't say Nick, Nick Cage. Cage. Don't say Nick Cage. We're <laughs> Nick Cage and <laughs> Iron Man, baby. No. You know what it is. I think you that can't tell me this movie is not nope. exponentially better with Nick Cage playing that role. I think that it's I think not, it would have imploded the not. Marvel Cinematic Universe. It would have stopped in its tracks. <laughs> that would have stopped it all. Yeah. It would have stopped but it would have, all right It would have been a glorious give, implosion. Give, <laughs> it would yes. have been a supernova. You give Nick Cage that kind of money. And he's definitely, you know, he's ending up in rehab. Think of what a movie that would be, though. I would love to see Nick Cage flying around Ugh. in a red iron suit. Robert Downey Jr. is so he's like I perfect. think he's actually the best. He's the best cast character. That's why he ends up being the guy that they like 
all rally around at the end. He's the he's the ultimate hero in the last movie because he's just like he plays oh, the role so alert. perfectly. He's just so he's so quick and witty and you know I was actually doing some reading and I like a lot of this movie was actually uh, like improv yeah. like the, the script had a lot of gaps and they like wanted there to just be like huh, a lot of free flow and improv and uh, like guys like Jeff Bridges he, he mentioned how he was not into it because he's you know he's a tactician he's a is tactician yeah. the right word like he's surgical he, he likes to have everything Neat. you know perfect and rehearsed and polished and but Robert Downey Jr. is just so crisp and quick and you know everything he says is just like you gotta almost watch it two or three times just to catch everything he says and it's just he's I mean, perfect my head knows you're right but my heart still would love to see gotcha. Nick Cage I, mean, I, I just feel like it'd be more interesting it'd be more of a it'd be more of a uh, Yvette I think <laughs> it would be a bad event it'd be something <laughs> I was just picturing it in my head the whole time I was watching this movie and be like, how weird would this movie be if Nick Cage was in it? And I think, I think by and large, I know obviously they couldn't have done it for this one because it was the first one, but that's really what they need to do with these Marvel movies going forward is to make them weirder. I think anytime they go bizarre, it works out and they get like, they'd be, they're really good movies just by incorporating a little, little bit of uh, weirdness into them. I mean, you look at Thor Ragnarok or Guardians of the Galaxy or um, any of these ones that have gone off the rails a little bit and they've kind of hit it out of the park. But I don't know. Something to think about. I promise I won't try and put Nick Cage in every movie, but I think in this one, it would have been something. It would have been something. <laughs> would have been worse. <laughs> On to the second course of the delicious delicious uh, meal that is this podcast we're talking cut a scene add a scene we're gonna start with rudy this time rudy what scene are you cutting out cutting the scene and what scene are you adding in and i'm adding a new one i'm cutting the scene um i'm cutting back i'm not totally removing it but i'm trimming back on the final the ultimate uh jeff bridges v uh robert downey jr suit on suit battle scene um I just feel like, I don't know, it's, I know it's like, maybe my opinions are clouded by the whole history of the Marvel, you know, series, but I feel like that scene, you know, it's, it's kind of, I felt like it was the one part of the movie that dragged on a little bit too Mm. long, and, you know, there was these heap, like, they had, like, this false death where you think that he's actually, you know, you think Robert Downey Jr.'s destroyed Jeff Bridges, and he actually doesn't. Um, you have that scene where he takes off his glove, like Tony Stark takes off his glove and then continues to fight him. And I could like, I'm just so nervous <laughs> the entire time because like, I'm worried that his like, hand gets chopped off. It's like, <laughs> it's like you're in this suit made of totally like indestructible material. And you now you have your completely soft, like totally vulnerable hand sticking out. But yeah, I would, I would have cut back on that just because, you know, I want to add something else. And what I'm adding is I want to add, more of that, you know, Iron Man kicking butt in the humanitarian areas where he's flying into these villages. I want to see like ten more minutes of that where he's flying into villages and just wiping out like total armies in five minutes with his. Yeah, definitely you know, could have used more than design. just like one uh, strategic attack. I mean, like it should have been a few. I feel like to really get noticed, it would have to be a few of events. You know, a few 
separate things where he was going out and doing that. And I think it would have helped the story a little bit rather than like, whoa, this one thing happened in this one rando spot in the middle of the Middle East and now everyone's talking about it. Like, it'd have to be a, a sequence of events. So not only would it be better for the story, but it would also be better for, you know, just pure enjoyment of seeing Iron Man destroys terrorists, right? Yes, exactly. That's what I'm looking for, man. So my my cut a scene is gonna be like the build up. I feel like there's like forty it's like forty or forty five minutes where we just get to Tony leaving the Middle East. And I feel like it's a lot of building. Like we said with um the worst part of like sort of the Ten Rings leader kind of being a false villain. I feel like you're you're given a lot of time to like creating this Ten Rings syndicate and they kind of just get wiped out in like one scene. So I feel like a lot of that, I, I still like the um, interaction between Tony and the doctor for kind of giving him a reason to help people instead of killing people. Um, the fact that like he, this doctor Jensen, yeah, Jensen had lost Jensen his family in just this war torn country and everything. <laughs> what? I'm just making a joke about ice tea, but it's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I'm cut. I'm cutting. I'm cutting that short a little bit because um, I feel like it. It kind of drags on a little bit of them like getting caught, and then they continue to build, and then it's like it takes like ten minutes for them to get out of the cave, and I feel like there's a lot of building. Um, and then I'm gonna add. Um, some more like Tony, Rhodey, and um, Pepper scenes because it seems like for a lot of their interactions, they're just on the phone with each other. Um, mm. And you don't really see them all together. And I feel like that's kind of the core of the Iron Man franchise, at least not with Terrence Howard because he leaves, but that those three and Happy as well. <laughs> um, I feel like those four like core yeah. characters, maybe it's just because we're introducing them into the series, but feel like um it would be helpful to have some of that camaraderie between those four build a little bit more i feel like a lot of it like i said was um them talking on these outdated phones with <laughs> each other so anyway that's my cut of scene yeah i'm actually going in the opposite direction i'm cutting out that uh whole like love plot between tony stark and Pepper pots, things completely Ooh. unnecessarily. It's just shoehorned in there as oh, we need a romantic wow. and a romantic interest to fill out the formula. So here, we'll just do this. Boom, boom, boom. There it is. So that whole dancing scene with the dress, totally unnecessary. Doesn't really have anything to do with the movie or the character development at all. So I'm axing it, cutting it out. My add-in, my thing that I'm adding, is I'm adding. Um, it's not even really a scene. It's just more uses of a piece of music. I think anytime he does something cool, the Iron Man Black Sabbath riff should play in the background, and it doesn't. Like when he walks out of the cave and just starts flaming people, it should be playing there, but it's not, and it bothers me. Or like where he's walking in slow-mo away from that explosion. The the Iron Man theme should be playing there. Like, who is in charge of doing the music for this movie? Get your act together. They should have. What they should have done was keep it the way that it is now for like the original release in the theaters. Because when that when he goes, I am Iron Man, and then it goes, it plays, it's like chills. But then when you know that's coming, like, and you should do the re-release where then it is like it plays Iron Man throughout the whole movie. It's just a lot of a lot of buildup for. You know, not a lot of, what's the word? 
payoff. You get one time, one time of having a payoff, whereas you could have, why have one time of, of a lot of payoff when you could have like 10 times of pretty good payoff. So that's what I'm adding. <laughs> Maybe I'm doing the same as Rudy and I'm adding in more scenes of him just, you know, going around the world and saving people and stuff. And that song is playing behind every one of those scenes. Like a montage, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a montage. I like more that. montages. Do you guys know he's supposedly put on like thirty pounds of thirty pounds of muscle to play Iron Man? Really? Dang. Yeah, because I know that he got paid. John Favreau wanted him Go to on. look like he could actually be like forge metal, like a blacksmith. Oh, yeah, so, I can see that. Just a little fun fact. Put on big boy weight. Um. RDJ, he made $500,000 for this movie. Really? Dang. Yeah. It's like nothing. He ended up, but he ended up making $200 million over the course of his Marvel career. Aaron, just keep. Bringing back a segment, a popular segment from last week. <laughs> Who from this movie played in a game of 1v1 basketball? I can start if you guys aren't ready. No, I'm ready. I'm gonna say I don't. I I'm gonna say the guy's name. I'm looking it up on IMDb right now because I don't want to characterize him in any derogatory fashion. Way. <laughs> any kind of derogatory way. Saeed Badreya. He's the guy who Abu Bakar, who's the one who's like who Tony Stark leaves to the Build villagers. Us the Jericho says, like, okay, you guys do with him. Yeah, so it's like the the secondary, yeah. the second, like the vice president of the bald guy. <laughs> he's short, he's fat, you know, can't handle the crossover. He's That's my choice. It's a good take, Sean. Do you know? I feel like I'm taking, taking anybody on, in the paint. I'm taking on Jeff Bridges, Obadiah Stane. Ooh, just, I'm just looking at it. I don't know if you want. I don't know if you want that life, dog. Mm. How tall is he? I don't know. He's old. Jeff Bridges is six one, so he's shorter than you. I think you could take Jeff Bridges. I feel like I could take on John Favreau. That was gonna be my choice, John Favreau. Give me Happy, the Butler, John Favreau, the director. He's kind of chunky. I feel like he would have no speed. I could get past him pretty easily. Get to the hole. He's the man. He like. Have you guys watched his Chef show? Oh yeah, he's great. He's awesome. I have, I have nothing but respect guy. for him. But at the same time, that's why I want to beat him in one v one basketball. He should come on the pod. John Favreau, come on the pod. Coward. You're a coward until you come on the pod. That's the officials. I think we need to start like a different approach, Elijah. Just like maybe John Favreau, come on the show. Please, we'll give you um, a loose concept sweatshirt. Please, please, sir, come on my podcast, sir. I noticed there's a scene in the situation room where they're looking at like the fighter pilots and they're trying to find out like what is that bogey that's like flying around. One of the guys who's like one of the mid-tier call guys, is he is the actor who plays the guy in Batman who tries to bribe Bruce Wayne, specifically through Fox, through Lucius Fox, saying that he, like, realized that there's all this money going into R&D for these, like, weapons and that he knows that Bruce Wayne's Batman. That's the same guy. Wow, really? Sean, before you go, (laughs) how does Rhodey... How does he's in the Humvee, yeah, humdrum yeah. V, right behind Tony Stark? How does he get out of that whole situation? No idea. Dog, he's, he's Terrence Howard. You don't question Terrence Howard in 
tough situation. And how does he leave without ha- getting Tony? <laughs> I don't know. He's like two. Maybe because they're back. they're one back, they had a, they had more time to turn the vehicle around and get away and leave when leave they saw Tony. that first Humvee <laughs> blow up. They're like, "Oh, we got to blow this sitch," so they left. You know, maybe I don't know. That's kind of I cowardly. thought that myself when I was watching it, but uh, hey, stop! We got to have a different approach. Terrence Howard is never going to come on this podcast if you're calling him cowardly in this movie. Ha, ha, ha. It's kind of cowardly. How do we know? How do we know that Iron Man actually has shrapnel that needs to be prevented from going into his heart? How do we know that the the mm. the doctor guy who is in the cave with him, how do we know he just didn't wasn't doing some crazy operation because he just wanted to experiment and he's really like a science experiment? Person. Yeah. He's really just an insane scientist. We didn't see scientist. a single. There wasn't a single X-ray machine in exactly. that cave. How do you know? All he all he does is he shows in the jar with like three pieces in there, and it's like, well, you look like you already got the shrapnel out because it's in the jar. So, what does he need the magnet in Conspiracy. there for? Conspiracy. Think about it. You heard it here on Loose Concept first. Iron Man doesn't actually have shrapnel in his heart. It's all fake. Yeah, I think he probably knows that. He, he went to the doctor afterwards, realized he doesn't have any shrapnel, but then he's like, dude, I love having this glowy <laughs> thing on my chest that shines through my loose shirts, and I need to just keep but it But it up. also is tight to have a battery that people can just unplug me at will. Yeah, seriously. Yep. Or shoot at it. What do we think the likelihood is that that paral- paralysis device that Jeff Bridges, the Bluetooth paralysis headphones... Do those actually exist? I feel like if they don't exist, they <laughs> are probably on the cusp of. I feel like they're kind of dumb because it's like you need to get like right next to the guy's ear. <laughs> like you have your hand right so next like, to his neck. It's only like useful for situations yeah, where you're that's like. That's why it, it stopped in uh, R&D. Attacking someone who trusts you. The, the yeah. uh, paralysis AirPods, not a big seller, apparently. When Tony's making the like next generation of his Iron Man suit, he drags all of his like files to his little like workbench thing where they all become 3D, right? And he's like twisting it with his hands and he's like manipulating it. It's all like a like a what is it called? They Apple's augmented using reality. Now. Yeah, augmented reality. I know that in Endgame, in order to defeat Thanos by just like he he has to like break down the chemical formula of whatever the material is that allows him to go back in time and he uses that workbench to do that and he's like he's got the whole structure set up and he's like manipulating it with his fingers so is that the is that like does he use it at all through the rest of the iron man like marvel series and that's the last time like so the first time he's making the iron man suit and then the next time you see it Mm. he's doing the thing that ultimately defeats i mean i'm a professed non-marvel guy so i i can't can neither confirm nor deny but I feel like it's got to be another scene. I feel like every every movie that he's in, there's in it, there's at least one scene where he's swooshing things around in air and throwing things over here and over there and the, yeah. moving these holographs around. That's definitely in more than just those two. You could movies. be right. Um, he's I'm, tra- I'm thinking Hulk. I remember. Yeah, maybe we'll see it in our movie for next week. But I think in one for of the sure. movies where that guy is getting that, or Hawkeye gets shot or something. I don't know. It's got to be in another movie. There's so many right? characters. Yeah, it probably is. I just thought that would be cool, but yeah, <laughs> I guess it's 
guess it's, it's not, not cool. cool. No, it's not cool. It doesn't really, there's no uh, connection there at all. Totally perceived. No, I'm just kidding. My, uh, my last note, and then we can start wrapping this up, but the bit, the big, biggest thing that stood out to me and like was a nostalgia thing as I was watching this was the unconventional goatee shape. And I remember being a kid and in, in the movie theater and seeing that facial hair and being like, what on earth is going on with that pointy, pointy, weird goatee? Yeah. Never seen anything like that before. Yep. I can remember it just being revolutionary. And I thought for like a long, hard minute on, I was, I remember being that young being like, wait, are goatees actually cool? <laughs> I thought about it and no, they're not, they're still not cool. <laughs> still not cool. They're cool. They're cool if you're a billionaire and you have an Iron Man suit that allows you to fly around. That's the people. only yeah. case. It's the only time where it's okay to have a goatee. Or you're a man over the age of 60. Yeah, but that is like the signifying. I wonder if that comes from the comics. But that's like his look. Yeah. Yeah. It's another one of those residual comics things. Along with Jeff Bridges' bald cap. <laughs> Top 20 movie. Is this a top 20 movie for either of you guys? Oh, it is not. No? Not top 20. Rudy? Well, that's the thing. I, I love this movie. I, I don't think it's going to go in my top 20, but I think if you had to give me like the top five Marvel movies, mm. superhero movies even, expand Ooh. it, it's definitely in that top five. It's, uh, it's so good. What else is in that top five? Could you pick out a couple other things that would go in the Marvel top five? Well... I think Endgame goes in there just because it's a summation of the whole MCU, hmm. and it was like I thought a perfect ending. Uh, I think that a movie that we're looking to discuss in the future, Into the Spider Verse, that may be in the top five just because of how innovative and incredible that movie is. But I'm not gonna pin anything down yet. I want to keep those last two spots open for how about at the end of this at the end of this uh magnificent marvel movie may we uh do the full breakdown of our top five marvel movies i think that's a a good idea everybody don't let us forget to do that segment we probably will definitely will (laughs) (laughs) all right well uh we're gonna wrap it up we're gonna uh real quick announce our movie for next week the plan for marvel movie magnificent marvel movie may is we're going to be sort of breaking down a film from each of the sort of eras of the MCU and then one bonus episode that we're going to have our first guest appearance on. Just a little, another tease at that. We're going to keep teasing it. But uh, for next week, we're going to be moving into sort of the middle, what I would sort of qualify as like mid-period MCU. We're talking Avengers Assemble, the first Avengers movie where they got everybody together. We're going to be breaking it down giving our thoughts and uh yeah seeing what we can uh come up with that we think about that movie probably not much probably a lot it was the first time anyone really undertook an event like that well not the first it's not the first (laughs) event motion picture but it was one of those things uh yeah why am i talking about it now we'll talk about it next week on loose concept yeah I was laughing because I thought you meant the first time someone is reviewing the Avengers. I think it's going to be the first. I think it also is going to be the first time anyone ever talks about the Avengers. So that should be good. No one else is, uh, is on this market at all. The anticipation builds. 
All right, boys, let's wrap it up. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Be sure to follow us on Instagram. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars or three and a half stars or however many stars you want. Write a review. Make us feel good about ourselves and like we're not just a bunch of losers talking into the void. We're up to 17 ratings. Keep it coming. And a lot of five-star reviews. Love to hear it. You mean by a lot? You mean like four hundred five-star reviews? Yeah, I, I think we should try and be at five thousand. I think we week. can. <laughs> that's a very, very that's our goal. goal. <laughs> Easy. Yep. Shoot for the stars. All right. For now, we're gonna sign off. Thanks everybody for listening. Remember, above all things, keep it loose. Keep it loose. Keep conceptual. That price on my head was that dead or alive? Dead or alive. Save star shooting. Hey, I, I have an idea. How about we get back to the important topics, like the fact that I almost had my face cut off by a Decepticon. As a taxpayer, I'd like to lodge a complaint, as a matter of fact. You look gorgeous. No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. <laughs>